0: Welcome to the Talks podcast. Oh, wow. That really... I was going to try to talk really fast. Like, like a, the Micro Machines like like guy? Like an auctioneer. Like an auctioneer. Oh. Their job's harder than I thought. It's harder than I thought. Welcome to the Side Talks podcast.
1: What's up, ding Dogs? My name's Corey Kraft.
0: I'm Rachel Morgan. Uh, we talk about movies. We talk
1: about movies. Let's go. Faster, uh, faster, Sidewalk home video. Home home sidewalk home video. Sidewalk. Sit your
0: ass down: All right, let me slow that down a little bit. That was obnoxious.: Yeah, it got It, really, it
1: got it really out of hand.:
0: So as you know, this is that sidewalk home video moment where I have selected a VHS tape from somewhere out there in the world.: And this
1: is from Stars Hollow still. This is
0: still we're still there. and I actually had a discovery Uh-oh. I had a discovery that was connected to this entry on Wikipedia.: Okay. So th- I zoom in. I look at the picture in the Star's Hollow video to find my spine. And I was getting worried because I was like, I think I'm running out of these, at least what I can visibly read. And I might find somebody with better eyesight than me who can zoom in on these spines and tell me what films are in the Star's Hollow video. But in the meantime, I'm worried I'm running out of titles. And I mean, I'll find titles elsewhere, but I was really loving the Star's Hollow rabbit hole. So I find Fair Game from 1995.
1: Is that the, uh, is that Billy
0: Baldwin? It is. It's the William Baldwin's Cindy Crawford.
1: Yeah, oh, I've never seen this.
0: So I visit the IMDb page, I visit the Wikipedia entry, and when it said connections, guess what it said? What? Gilmore Girls, Stars Hollow video. What? So it has been connected to that. Somebody else has already done this work. I Jeez. thought it was just me. And sure enough, there's going to be a listing there when you click on it of. More films that are there in the stars, Hall of Fame. Well, thank so I'm you, Intrepid excited.
1: Wikipedia detectives.
0: It's not just me. Oh, just when you think you've done something nobody else has done, <laughs> boy, you get your face rubbed right in it on wikipedia.org. Is it.com? I don't know. Anyway, let me tell you about Fair Game from Art95. Right. I also haven't seen it, but I believe I own this VHS tape because it's out there in the world and I collect VHS tapes. It is directed by a gentleman named Andrew Sipes.
1: If you say so. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, it's his only film. It's his only film. I think there might be some TV, but it's his only film. Okay. And I have the synopsis here for you. Are you ready for this? Because it's a good one.
1: I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be.
0: And then I'm going to just spoil the rest of this thing for y'all. Okay. Max Kirkpatrick is a cop who protects Kate McQueen, a civil law attorney, from a renegade KGB team out to terminate her.
1: And so I assume that, that Billy Baldwin's playing the cop.
0: That's right. Okay. And Cindy Crawford is paying the playing the civil law attorney. Sure. So already I usually wait till the end to say, should we recommend this? Should we not recommend this? I'm going ahead and saying highly recommended. But
1: how much more interesting would it be if those <laughs> roles had been flipped?
0: Oh, doesn't matter, Corey. Doesn't matter. It doesn't we still this is still a thumbs up from okay. us. We're, right. we're still recommending this. I mean, I think they had us at William Baldwin, Cindy Crawford. But then when you add in the KGB, we you know we got it. We got to go with this one. I want you to know that the casting directors on this were incredibly ambitious. They remind me of my first go at programming the cinema. Uh-huh. They remind me of a young film school me. They remind me of so many wonderful, ambitious young folks out there really going for it. When they said, you know what? Eh, why would we cast Cindy Crawford when we can cast Julianne Moore? what (laughs) or gina davis those were the top picks for this role sure and yes they were turned down of course they were i think drew barrymore too was on the list
1: so is cindy crawford number four on that list
0: i think cindy crawford might have been number 80 but they didn't go to cindy crawford without first going to julian moore
1: and you know, I bet they went to Cindy Crawford for Still Alice, and she turned him down. And yeah. then they went to Julianne Moore. I don't, I'm you know, sure. I wonder if those two compete for roles very often. You think? You think Cindy Todd Haynes is thinking about Cindy Crawford for Far From Heaven?
0: Uh, I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> and I mean, these casting directors, I love them. What a what ambition!
1: Aim high. Do
0: you know who was also considered for Willie Baldwin's? role of max kirkpatrick
1: i would have to imagine literally anybody else in hollywood talk about this
0: one makes sense though Uh, okay who turned it down
1: alec baldwin
0: keanu reeves
1: sure that makes yeah that
0: makes total sense right there's a local connection kinda okay there's an alabama connection famous mobile alabama news anchor bob grip is that right I
1: i don't know
0: anyway he makes a one second appearance in the film
1: one second
0: one second appearance in the film wow yeah, yeah, yeah. By
1: the time you, you know, it, old Mr. Grip is in the cinema and Mobile <laughs> points at the screen, he's off the there screen. You go.
0: And interestingly, there's another kind of fun moment in this thing. Okay. Selma Hayek's in it for a second. She's in it literally for one scene. And this is
1: 1995.
0: This is 1995.
1: So this is the same year as like Desperado or is Desperado seems the Seems right.
0: Year? That seems right. We might it's all around the same, same time. It's right all around the same time.
1: And from Dusk Till Dawn, I think yeah. it was 96. So anyway, that's early Salma Hayek. Yeah, early
0: Salma Hayek, who, by the way, had enough pull on this thing at this point to say, I will be in this, but I want to rewrite the scene I'm in. So this script is not looking good. Okay. And they said, sure, go ahead and rewrite it. Yeah, get it, Salma. Yeah. and. Let me see. Oh, here's a couple of things I want to tell you really quickly. It's one of three major theatrical feature films titled Fair Game. There's an Australian thriller from 1986. And
1: then there's the um, Doug Liman movie with Sean Penn and uh, Naomi Watts. That's right. right?
0: From, from, I think, 2016. Yeah, I that saw Sound that right? Or 2010. It's completely American spy drama thriller. Yeah. yeah.
1: She's like, um, I think that's a Valerie Plame movie. I don't remember. She, I think she's playing Valerie Plame.
0: Well, that might be the case. Yeah, I don't not, have any idea. Yeah,
1: not very
0: I bad. had forgotten that Cindy Crawford for a while was married to Richard Gere, the American gigolo himself.
1: I don't think I ever knew yeah, that. Yeah,
0: for a couple of years. All right. Yep. And here's one of my favorite facts about Cindy Crawford. Okay. I could have gone down the Cindy Crawford rabbit hole. I didn't. I just brought back one fact for you that I love, love, love. And her sophomore year in high school, she received a call from a local clothing store regarding modeling work. and hmm. was very excited only to discover that it was a prank by two of her classmates.
1: Well, they had egg on their face within a couple of years Joke's of that. Jokes on call. you,
0: you little prankster bitches. <laughs> Fuck you, you little assholes. Anyway, um, joke is definitely on them.
1: But, you know, it lit, maybe it lit a fire under young Cindy who maybe. was just like, "Oh, they're going to they make fun of me and say that I can't be uh, be a model. I'll show them. I'll show them."
0: Can't you just see this scripted in the Cindy Crawford story someday? That little incident.
1: I'd watch that movie.
0: I'm leaving you now not with the decision to watch this because, yes, of course, we've already said thumbs up, <laughs> go do it, must see. Sure. I am going to leave you with the, ta- with the tagline, which is more of a synopsis than a tagline. This is a very lengthy tagline. This is a what not to do kind of tagline. Okay. But here it goes. He's a cop on the edge. She's a woman with a dangerous secret. Mm. They've been targeted by the Russian mob. Oh. And now they're both fair game.
1: And now, a look at what we're watching this week.
0: So, Corey, what have you been watching?
1: I've been watching a lot of stuff lately, but I want to highlight uh, a couple things. Uh, One of my favorite movies of the year that I just saw recently, and then two pretty high-profile movies. Disappointments.
0: Okay. And this isn't woman King. Cause you already talked about it.
1: already talked about woman King. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start with the bad news. How about okay, that? Let's go. Um, I'll, I'll start with the, the regrettable, fact that I saw just today as of this recording, in fact, one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, A movie called Blonde directed by Andrew Dominic, the director of The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which is one of my favorite movies.
0: And this is the Marilyn Monroe biopic.
1: This is the Marilyn Monroe movie uh, starring Ana de Armas as Marilyn. um, And it's been fairly controversial for a lot of reasons. Um, It is rated NC-17 for party. pretty extreme sexual content um and uh I thought this movie was terrible.
0: Really? Yeah. I'm shocked.
1: I am Am I going to like it? No. Okay. I can't imagine. Look, this is not hack work, right? This is an uh, you know, a a pretty noteworthy film artist Stepping up and trying to make a um, a statement about Marilyn's iconography as a a sex symbol in the in America in the fifties and sixties, her ultimate untimely death at age thirty six, uh, and and sort of how her trauma and all of these elements combined to lead toward tragedy. Right. Um, what a it, lot's
0: been. A lot's been done. A lot's been said. A lot's been written.
1: Well, what this movie does is it strips away (laughs) anything that's essentially notable from an artistic perspective of Marilyn's film career. It doesn't really dwell on her film work at all. It doesn't dwell on her, um, you know, roles in some pretty high-profile noteworthy movies except through the lens of how, you know, traumatic her life was. And what happens is blonde essentially becomes two hours and forty six minutes oh my God. of misery. It's it's akin to <laughs> it's 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 akin to the passion of the Christ, which is just like you know, a film length version of of the you know, the degradations and violence yeah. visited upon Christ. Yeah. Two except, hours
0: is just him dragging the fucking cross. Yeah, this Spoiler.
1: is um this is that, except it's you know Degradation and sexual violence being visited upon this poor woman who just like loses it and loses it even more until at the end she dies. Spoiler alert. Um, Look, it is it is a movie made with considerable skill, um, but I have to say the approach. Minimizes um, everything noteworthy about this historical figure, and obviously, I'm not precious about it. I'm a fan of that Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie. So yeah, I was about to call if, you out for that. Um, if if it's done artfully, I have no problem deviating from the historical record. It's just that me this... either.
0: Too bad that wasn't done artfully. Okay, it's well we've already
1: argued about that. Um, this is just. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's, um, tasteless in many aspects. I mean, I could describe specific scenes to you and you wouldn't believe it. Um, let me just
0: see this on my own. I think. Yeah.
1: You should see it on your own. It sounds
0: very ambitious. I'm interested. It do,
1: it, I mean, and and that's why I anticipated it so strongly, but, but I have to say it just didn't work for me at all. It's a divisive movie. It's yeah. not it's not being tremendously well received by critics or audiences, but the people who love it love it. And I'm curious which side you'll fall down on, though I have to say, I can't imagine you're gonna go for it because this movie has no empathy or compassion for Marilyn. It's at yeah, times that's,
0: that's bullshit, you know? At, at
1: times it almost feels like the film holds her in contempt. Um, it, I've seen it compared to Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, but the difference of course is that Lynch loves the character of Laura Palmer and, and, uh, you know, I'm curious to see if this eventually is reclaimed, uh, years down the road as that film was. But I have to say, at least in this current context, it's as flat footed and tone deaf of a movie as I think I've ever seen. It really just doesn't work for me at all.
0: Does it think it's doing her a favor? Like, does it think it is a love letter to her?
1: No, it, it doesn't. Oh, I mean, because because all of the stuff that is worth loving about Marilyn Monroe, it just completely elides focusing and that's a on lot her of trauma. Stuff.
0: I mean, that's a lot of stuff,
1: and it's just trauma, 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 trauma. It's it just okay. feels exploitative, is right, what well, it feels I, I'm,
0: like. I'm I'm interested to see it, and we'll. Yeah, let's revisit. Let's revisit. I,
1: I would be surprised if you make it through. Well, the two entire hours runtime. and forty
0: five minutes. You've got to really. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's not to say that I don't love films that are that long, but you got to really bring it.
1: And again, like, I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, and maybe I mean, you'll catch, you know, catch up. Yeah, Dogville's long. Right.
0: It's nasty. It's mean but but, th- but there's it there's a there's a there's a method to the madness yes
1: and there's a point to that other than man it sure was fucked up when men did all these things I mean kind of that to, kind
0: of that's just it though yeah man I mean, it's fucked up what men do
1: yeah but like a man directed this movie and is just like <laughs> recreating it. For his own ends, where you know, I don't know. I I've got. I, it's just yucky. I mean, that's
0: as much a criticism of von Trier as
1: sure anything. Is. I don't know. Anyway, it's bad vibe. I hear you. Is what it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I'm gonna take a look and bad vibe it out.
1: Well, the other kind of big disappointment is is a lot more I think notorious in the in the news media at the moment. Um, it's Olivia Wilde's. Don't worry, darling. You and I are both big fans of Smart. Yes. Um, which and is I'm a Harry
0: Styles fan. You're not.
1: I, mean, I don't give a shit about Harry Styles. I, mm-hmm. I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if you were a fan of Harry Styles acting, after, right. especially after I've you see that. this movie. I've heard that. Look, um, for the first 45 minutes of Don't Worry Darling, I was like, I think that all the bad buzz and reviews might be kind of full of shit because this is kind of good.
0: Yeah.
1: But then it stalls out. Yeah. And it gets repetitive. And oh, it just starts hitting the same notes over and over again. And when the movie does finally reveal, you know, the design behind it, because look, from the trailers, it's apparent yeah, there's something fishy course. about this uh, idyllic 1950s suburb. I wonder what's really going on. Well, when they reveal what's really going on, it's, I have to say, really lame. Oh, no. And then the movie just kind of gets increasingly incoherent until a kind of bafflingly bad ending that leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth. I don't think this is a disaster.
0: Sophomore slump?
1: But it's definitely a big example of a sophomore slump. It's a it's an ambitious movie with a bad screenplay. Oh, some no. pretty good performances from Florence Pugh in particular, who's always good. And Chris Pine is this creepy um, – cult leader I buy that. Yeah, I mean that that works and he's he's menacing in all the right ways. Harry Styles is abjectly bad.
0: So let me ask you. Uh-huh. Would this have been saved if Shia had stayed on board?
1: No. Okay. I mean it would still would have been a bad movie but at least that performance would have been more believable. Because
0: I I've talked Shia's about a better I, actor. I've talked about this a bunch though and that is that something like the Peanut Butter Falcon to me falls apart without the edge that Shia brings and this sort of specialness the special quality again prefacing this by saying is the guy a dick yeah i'm sure i mean i think he would tell you that he's he he's certainly got all has kinds a lot of to fucking problems. um
1: atone for as he has yeah. said in recent media he's,
0: he's a total asshole and he's an abuser but he he
1: he's a talented he, actor
0: he's a talented actor and i wonder if some of that you know is part is sort of part of what brings this edge to his performances and i just was curious if it, if this would have saved it but it sounds like no
1: no it wouldn't have, because the screenplay still would have been what the screenplay yeah. is. Um, so, it, you know, it's unfortunate, because um, I was, I, you know, even despite all the tabloid noise, I was, I, I I'd like to think I gave it a fair shake as, sure. as a, as a fan of Book Smart and as someone who hopes that Olivia Wilde, you know, can rebound from all of this tabloid nonsense and and still make a, a good movie. Of course, she can. Um, the question is, of course, if she's going to be given the opportunity. That's and, a bummer. You know, well, well, I see. mean,
0: it all—it de- doesn't depend on how good the film is. It depends on what those box no- and office the numbers, box office say, numbers are good. fairly
1: decent for this. She's it's be okay. it's a, a relatively low cost movie. It's like thirty five million dollar budget. It's already made almost that, so I'm sure it'll do fine. Okay. What might be one of my favorite movies of the year, and uh, I, I wonder uh, if you're going to talk about this dun, too, dun, dun. is uh, Brett Morgan's David Bowie documentary Moon Age Daydream.
0: Yeah, I'm um, actually not going to talk about it. But, okay. uh, but I am going to say that I am going this evening to watch the employee uh-huh. screening of this at, because I've only caught the first 40 minutes of it. Yeah, But I will tell you – you t- I'm curious to hear how you felt – but to me, this was the first 40 minutes, and part of why I wanted, I'm want i looking forward to seeing the rest of it tonight is this is an incredibly experiential film. Yes. That is not about presenting somebody's life in a standard biographical manner, but by taking you on a journey through an experience that almost feels like you're being transported into this person's creative world for X amount of minutes.
1: That's exactly right. Um, it's – Uh, experiential and and impressionistic in in the best way, in a way that really befits, of course, its subject who, you know, Bowie was this uh, innovator, a groundbreaker in many ways, but, but whose, whose persona constantly shifted from Ziggy to the thin white Duke to, um, you know, finding uh, relative contentment later in his career and later in his life as just Bowie, the icon. Sure. Um, And, and, you know, if you are as, you know, I'd say if you're a a moderate Bowie fan, um, there's a lot to love here, just on a filmmaking perspective. If you're a big Bowie fan, this movie is not necessarily going to present anything, you know, surprising or new. But the experience of it, just the sheer uh, filmmaking on display here, is is just. I mean, it's one of the best theatrical experiences I've had in a yeah. long time.
0: I mean, this is – if you're a Bowie fan, this is like getting on a, a, a Bowie amusement ride. Yeah, It's kinda. not about the content you're going to walk away with. It's really about the experience of, of of being in this person's world for – an hour and a half, two hours. I
1: think that's a good way of putting it. And as as a pretty big Bowie fan, uh, you know, again, one of my favorite movies of the year, one of my favorite theatrical experiences and who knows how long. I sat very close to the screen in the sidewalk yeah. cinema in the second row and just kind of leaned back and took it all in. And I got to tell you, that was absolutely worthwhile.
0: It's really special. I think that. And and I, I'm not a proclaimed Bowie fan. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I don't have. I don't object to Bowie. I just have never really considered myself a fan. I like a lot of the music. I, I've never really been. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not like Joan Jett You know, painting my face and doing right. the whole thing. But I think that if you're a fan of music at all, yeah, that this thing is worthwhile. Absolutely. And I. I you know, it was really cool to, again, not even being a Bowie fan, it was really cool to put my head to that world for a minute, but also just the level that this thing is playing at is pretty miraculous. Yep. So, so if you like music, if you don't like music, don't do this. You're going to find it too loud and too crazy.
1: Imagine being a person though who goes out into the world and says, I don't like music.
0: I'm saying those 10 people out there who don't like music shouldn't go to this.
1: Well, they should figure that out. I don't know. I, I, I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm not even saying you have to like pop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or rock or whatever. I think this is just like if you like music, you'll like this film. Yeah. The, ex- the only thing I might mm, I might say that's negative about it, and it's not really even negative. It's just a, a sort of a precautious note which is that it is because it's so experiential, it may not be altogether pleasant at all times. There is some kind of really almost like a a boxing of the ears. It bombards you. Yes.
1: Um, But I liked being bombarded with just a lot of um, sound and fury, I guess. uh, It's a collage. Um, and, And if you understand that you're going into something that is not a typical biographical doc um, but something a lot more um, impressionistic I think I think you'll be, you know, fully on board with what this movie is doing. Just set your expectations where they need to be.
0: And see it in the theater. This is not going to translate on, on home screening. I don't care how – I I, I know that you bought the biggest TV at Best Buy. We no, get but, it. Yeah, It's not going to be the same. I know you got that really great Sono sound bar. So do I. It's not going to be the same. Theatrical. Go see this in the theater when you can, as yep. soon as you can, yep. and probably see it again when you can.
1: Strongly agree. So What have you been watching?
0: Here's what I've been watching. Okay. I have been watching – a couple of things, including of the first 40 minutes of the Bowie doc. But I also have been taking some notes from Karina. See how I tried to do that again. You tried Karina, Karina Longworth and I watched Jagged Edge. I had never seen this before. This is an eighties erotic thriller based on the podcast, erotic thrillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she suggested watching this before listening about it. I have seen most of the films that were in the list. This is that she's covering in that, in this season of episodes. I had not seen Jagged Edge. So I watched it. Do you know this film?
1: I don't.
0: It has a very young, incredibly handsome, probably at the top of his game, just as far as physicality, but also performance ability, Jeff Bridges. Okay. There is a, a bad performance from him in this, but it's intentionally bad. I'll believe it at Interesting.
1: that. Interesting.
0: And Glenn Close. Okay. And it is, <laughs> it is propaganda-ish bullshit. But really, really enjoyable to watch with, in hindsight, knowing what it's trying to do. Okay. And it is a film about a woman who's an attorney who takes on a case of a man who uh, has been accused of killing his wife. And, of course, they go horseback riding together and fall in love. Sure. As one does when they've murdered their wife, question mark, and then have a youngish, similar-aged attorney- taking care of them of course so eh, it's not great it's really fun to listen to in relationship to its place in the world of erotic thrillers and its place in this podcast but mostly what i wanted to bring you today because i i really just want to encourage everybody to listen to you must remember this erotic 80s and go watch these films if you haven't seen them but i want to bring you two of my favorite quotes from the film okay the first one being i've put my balls into this newspaper for 15 years
1: Uh, of course
0: Love this line. I can't wait to use it at Sidewalk the next time I'm brushed up by anything. Because I've been at Sidewalk now for 16 years, so I can one-up this one. And I can't wait to yell across the room. I've put my balls into this festival for 16 years. So get ready, Corey. You know how I get heated sometimes. That's definitely coming for the 25th anniversary.
1: I've never seen you get heated.
0: Yeah, right. Here's my other favorite one, which... Didn't get a retort from Glenn Close, even though she was the receiver of this line. And I thought it was a real missed opportunity. But a attorney whose name, I don't remember his character actor, you would definitely recognize him. But he said, he's got a rap sheet longer than my dick. <laughs> that got said in this movie, too. So, Brad, I bring you, I feel like my balls in it gets a dick jar. A lot of dick jars, yeah. yeah. And then, so I bring you two dick jar quotes. If you are interested in those lines... This is the film for you.
1: Well, I had to look this up. The screenwriter of this, of course, is the infamous Joe Eszterhas.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Um, the this w-
0: son of a bitch.
1: Writer of Flashdance, your beloved Flashdance. I do
0: love Flashdance,
1: uh, but but more notoriously, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, and Jade. Yes. Uh, so
0: I did not know that. He's a trump or two. And is he really? Yes, I believe oh, so. Oh God! I believe so now. It. Let me let me make sure I'm not confusing him because I've been listening to a lot I got a lot of choreography in my head. But I believe so. Yeah, it, it kind of makes he sense. He is. Right? Ah. There you go. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Don't
1: ruin show girls for me.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, but this is all, it's all propaganda. With the exception of, I think he wasn't quite on his philosophical game yet when he did Flashdance. I will say that. It tends to lean a little bit. As a matter of fact, it can be read in some ways as a feminist film, even though with him at the helm of the screenplay, that's a hard one to swallow. Yeah. But I I would talk through that a little bit with anyone. There is some interesting stuff going on there, including a lead character named Alex, who really is in control. I mean, Karina makes a good point here that... She's really in control of her own destiny. She's making all the choices. This is unusual for Wait, an 80s film. this
1: is Glenn Close playing a lawyer named Alex?
0: No, no, I'm talking about Flashdance.
1: Oh, I thought okay. – No, no, no,
0: I'm sorry if that was confusing. I, Jagged I, Edge Gotcha. Is, Alex is the welder from Flashdance played by Jennifer Beals.
1: Well, Alex, the lawyer played by Glenn Close, is also the character in Fatal Attraction, which is yeah, why that came to yes. mind. Yes,
0: uh, Alex is a name he – clearly likes yeah but no and she she, her name is like tommy or something masculine and and jagged edge too sick yeah so anyway i again i think watching this thing out of context is a little weird but at the same time it's got all of this really great 80s production design and i gotta tell you while this is not my thing boy oh boy does jeff bridges look so pretty in a cable knit sweater he's a really attractive man yeah so if that is a thing you like a young Jeff Bridges. This is this is it. This is the fodder for you.
1: This is around the same time as Starman. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Oh, she pretty. She pretty. Um, so I watched that. And then I, I also will just very briefly tell you that I went and watched the midnight screening of Serial Mom at the cinema. I love our midnight series. I'm partial to it, of course, because I mostly program this yeah. one. It's my baby. But oh my gosh, I hadn't seen Serial Mom in over a decade. That shit holds up. It is so freaking funny. The entire audience, all 12 of us, were just... Just laughing hysterically. It's a really funny movie. I've never seen it. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I feel like that needs to be on the top of your list. I would suggest you watch it so we can fight about it, but I actually think you're going to really like it. Okay. Ricky Lake, Matthew Lillard.
1: I generally like John Waters. So, uh, (laughs) Patty Hearst?
0: Yeah. Okay, Uh, I got to watch this. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. It's really, really great. It's a great film. All right. And and it takes a minute to, you know, if you, I will say for- Folks who aren't John Waters fans aren't familiar with his work. It may take a minute to kind of get on that roller coaster, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yep. But it is the pinnacle of John Waters in his sort of commercially embraced moment. Yeah, it's not divine eating dog shit on the sidewalk, but right. it is. <laughs> but it is Kathleen Turner sneezing and and having a bunch of snot land on a kid's face.
1: It's when studios were like, I don't know, you want to do some stuff like right. hairspray and and crybaby. Anything, anything intre- and if anything interesting, he just kind of worked within the system, making some of the weirdest shit you ever seen. I
0: mean, truly. And one of the things I had forgotten about this is what a damn time capsule it is. It uh-huh. really is suburban Baltimore with the video Matthew Lloyd working at the video store and throwing on Texas Chainsaw Massacre and hell yeah, the house, the sort of you know cookie cutter houses and all the stuff. And it has that lovely pastel texture of the suburbs of the 80s that I think is really phenomenal and fun to fun to look at as well. So, cool, highly recommended. Serial mom, somewhat recommended, Jagged Edge, but in the context of the You Must Remember This Erotic 80s podcast, highly recommended. And that is a couple of things I've been watching.
1: Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast.
0: We're your own personal cinematic greaser and soch.
1: Greaser and soch. Do you know what that's from? No. Come ah. on.
0: Yeah, I'm so, I'm sh- I'm shocked. I'm shocked because it's a it's a based on a novel by S.E. Hinton. S.E. Hinton, man. The, the Outsiders. The Outsider.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never read that.
0: Weird. Yeah. Have you ever seen the star-studded cast? This is Tom Cruise before he had his teeth fixed.
1: I have not seen the movie either.
0: Oh man, yeah, I'm shocked. I know,
1: I know, I know, I know.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a great film.
1: I should check it out. I I it's a Coppola that I haven't seen.
0: Well, anyway, just so you know. I think you're probably the social. I'm probably the greaser.
1: I'll take your word for it.
0: And I got those jacked up teeth like Tom Cruise. (laughs) So there you go. Anyway, thanks to Batwell Studios and thanks to Revelator Coffee. Thanks to you for listening.
1: Sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media. Come see a movie with us at the cinema. Bye. Bye.
0: Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.